0: Thank you so much for joining me on the Stephanie Lanes Institute. This is our podcast that we're recording. If you are on Clubhouse with me right now, we are going to discuss specifically our esthetician chat, which is your clients want to give your business money. And are you ready to understand that? And I want to really discuss that because I do find that a lot of people are um, a little bit Uneasy about that understanding. I spoke with an esthetician today and she kept telling me over and over again how she just really couldn't afford to have retail. And the mindset of people, especially when it comes to retail, especially in our business, if your clients are expecting to spend money with you, how well are you giving them the opportunity to spend money with you? Or are you already down talking your business and saying, I can't afford or I can't do this or I can't do that? What happens to that expectation? Right. So, for example, if you were to go to a store and you were going to buy a dress, you would not want the person behind the counter to say, you know, I don't have enough dresses for you, but I'll take your money now and it'll come next week. What would you do? You would walk out of the store. Right. But many of us in our business, we expect the client to give us money so then we can turn around and order that product. And it may not arrive for three, four, five, six, seven days later, and then give it to them. Like, how do we really bridge that gap of understanding that your clients expect to spend money with you, but they also expect you to have whatever they need when they come to their appointment? Like there's a disconnect there and it's a bigger disconnect as we go through understanding when you come from working for someone who's provided everything for you, you had all of your on-the-job training, you had all of those clients ready and lined up, you had all the products on the shelf and everything in your back bar. So you really didn't have the mindset to understand the importance of the minute you open your doors, the client's expecting to spend money, but they want to buy what they want when they see you and walk out with it. If you are in the business right now and you're making your clients wait for you to get the product instead of having the product available for them when they step into your business, you really don't have a business at this point. And it's, and it's really hard for people to kind of understand that. You have to invest in your business, which means you have to spend in order to make. You can't expect your clients to give you money if you don't have the product available right then and there. The reason I offer in Say Wax a retail option and a sample option is because some people love to build their business with samples, which is great. There's a whole sample. I have a whole masterclass on understanding your gift with service and your gift with purchase and utilizing those samples. Right. But the samples grow into the retail. It's for them to try. So if they like it, then they buy the next size, which is the retail size. Or if you are automatically adding in that sample into your services, they have the product to go home with. And then when they come back or they like it or they run out, they buy the bigger size, right? We don't set up our business like that when we're looking at our business plan. We solely focus on services thinking that's going to drive our business 100%, which it will never, because that is not the way the beauty business works, especially when it comes to services. Your retail dollars is what really adds money into your pocket. Your service dollars provide for you to keep your doors open, but to make revenue that comes from your retail products, right? So if it's not available but you want that client to trust you and give you money now so you can literally turn around and get on the computer and order it or even have it drop shipped, you're already shaking that foundation of trust with the client, right? When a client walks into a business, whether it's your business, whether it's some other business, Sephora or any of the other beauty businesses that are out there, when they walk into the door, they are looking to buy the product. If it's not available, they walk out of the store without giving that business money. What we do is we beg and plead because we want their money to be able to buy what they want instead of having it available. And I've said this in many of my podcasts before, the perception of your clients when they come into your business and you may have one product on the shelf, they won't buy it. If you have six of that same item, they'll buy it. And it's such a mind for us, it's such a psychological thing because we think, oh, but you can buy that one because you know it's for you. I, I have it on the shelf to sell it. But the customer and your client's mindset is like, no, if I buy it, no one else is going to buy it. So I'll wait because probably the client after me needs it. I can wait until the next time I see her or I can call her next week. So I add all of this into the understanding that your clients are expecting to spend money with you, but do you allow them to spend the money with you? Do you give them the opportunity to spend money? If you don't, it's time to revamp your business plan. It's time to revamp how you do business, not only day to day, but how you earn income in your business. Where are you earning income from? If it's more than 80% from services, you have to redo your business plan. There's no question about it. You have to make room for retail. Retail in most businesses that do really well is 60%. Services is 40%. The reason I broke down in my masterclass, the whole understanding of the Estee Lauder gift with purchase is because your goal should be for every client that comes into your business, this is the minimum that I want them to spend with me. So in my masterclass, I gave an example of hundred dollars. The minimum I want that client to spend with me is hundred dollars when they come in. So in order for me to get them to that threshold, I not only have to have the service price be, Where I need it to be. I need to have retail expected. It's already there. They're coming to spend. I'm allowing them to the opportunity to spend with me. And so I'm going to set it up so that every client spends with me that $100. We don't think like that. What we get behind is our service menu and whatever appointment they've made for the day. We don't have a number in mind, right? Most businesses that are multi million dollar businesses have a cost per person. You know, there's a huge um, article out from uh, Walmart about how much each of their customers costs when they walk into the door. The reason they change the floor plan and they have so many things in certain areas is because the, they're analyzing how the customer is going to spend, right? We don't really go that extent. We don't even go to the extent of expecting to make $100 per client per day. We don't have that. What we do is we literally rely on that service to carry the entire business, the entire book, the entire everything. We don't think ahead. We don't think about, yes, the client's coming to spend money. What am I going to do to make it easy for them? What am I going to do so that I can get that client and every client that comes in today to spend a hundred dollars? We don't think like that. And so When I start talking to people, especially when I used to do my mentoring group and do one-on-one mentoring, my goal was really to get people to understand what is it that you want to do in your business? What do you want to do? How much do you want to make? How long do you want to work? What does your perfect day look like? Like getting people outside of their mind and getting them out of the way of what they want, what they thought was their perfect business day that they could emulate over and over again. For me, it was always working less hours, making more money per client. That was always my goal. I never wanted to work an eight or 10-hour day. To me, that was never a never a thing that I wanted to do. I did it in the very beginning to grow my business, but I definitely knew one, my body was not going to be able to handle that long term. And two, that was never really my goal. I wanted balance. At that time, I was a single mom. I had a very young child, so I knew that I was only going to be able to work maybe two or three evenings a week. I knew that weekends I would have to max out my Saturdays and make sure I started really early. Like my goal was to work the shortest amount of time and make the most amount of money in that amount of time. That was my goal. So when I looked at revamping my service menu, I offered one facial. It was $250. That is a huge goal, right? My Brazilian is 95 huge goal. Sometimes I have people that did Brazilians and bikini. I mean, sorry, Brazilian and facial in the same day. So that was a great one. If I could do two of those clients, I'm happy. You know, I did almost seven fifty just with two clients. Like, so I really was strategic in not only my prices with my cost per service, but understanding what I wanted every client to spend when they spent time with me that I, I did the opposite. I wasn't hiding behind a service menu. I wasn't depending on people coming in for services. I always wanted a certain number. So when I understood that clients are coming with the expectation to spend, it was my job to make it easy for them. I was not going to tell them, I, I'm going to talk up this product that I love, but I don't have it. Like That was never, that was never in my vocabulary. I never wanted to do that because, that, again, that shakes your foundation of trust. So when I listen to estheticians, especially when they are either new or they're really struggling in their business, tell me, well, I can't afford retail. And I I hate to say it, but I'm like, you just really don't have a business. Your business will never survive just on services. And if you are building relationships with their clients and they are expecting to spend with you, how is it going to work? Like, how do you think that's really going to work? why would a client come to you and only spend this much money, but not get the product they were expecting that you spoke to them about for another seven days or two weeks or three weeks or whatever? How was that going to build your relationship with them? Like, how do you (laughs) tell me how that would build a relationship of trust and build your clientele if you were always having to order products because you never had them. But if they can walk into a store and get what they want, hell, you could walk into a store and you expect to buy your tomato or your onion or whatever. And that clerk said, well, we don't have them, but if you pay for it now, you can come back next week. You would tell them no. So again, I I try to be very clear with a lot of people in the industry and a lot of people in in the business industry. I try to be very clear and say, there's no difference than you walking into a business with the expectation to spend. But why would you give them money for something they don't have and then wait another seven days for them to have it and then you get it like you got to kind of think all of those parts through. It sounds great. Oh, I can have a drop ship to you. I'm not a fan of drop ship either. My relationship is literally with you. If I'm going to be a drop shipper, then my relationship no longer with you. I'm building the relationship between you and the manufacturer. So then eventually that manufacturer can just then ship direct. Why would they need me as the intercessory? Why do I need to be in the middle? Right. So. When I talk to people about drop shipping, I'm always like, this should be a short-term plan, or this should be a plan for clients who are not local to you, who can't come and get it from you, that you've built a relationship, whether you've had a Facebook group that you're monetizing or you're on social media and they want to buy from you. That's when drop shipping is great. But drop shipping to a client where you have a brick and mortar and you have retail space, you're not building that foundation of trust. That foundation of trust is going to be very weak. Because again, you've talked up this product. You've told them how they would love it. You probably have used it in the treatment for whatever they're doing. They're expecting to take it with them. And then when they don't, you want them to give you money anyway. It's, that's not a great business plan. And it never has been a great business plan. So when I speak to people in that way, I come from a completely different point of view, because there are some people that really talk up drop shipping, right? Um, I offer it for our marketing club members. And um, when I do our every other month coaching with them, I'm very clear with them and understanding if you're not building trust with your client um, and you're utilizing this too much, let's look at the balance of that for your folks that are out of the state or they're out of the area. Perfect. But for your folks that walk into your brick and mortar, that is not an option That I support because it goes against the relationship that you're trying to build. My relationship is important because, again, my expectation is that when they come to me, they're booking an appointment, we're sitting down, we're spending time, we're discussing their skin, we're talking about how they can correct it, we're talking about their wax, post wax, hyperpigmentation correction, whatever we're doing, they're expecting to walk away with what we've talked about for them to start using that evening. The giving the money, and having them wait three, four, five, six, seven days definitely does not sound great. And it's not an option that we should be perpetuating to our customers and clients. We shouldn't, because that's nothing that you would never accept that if you were going somewhere. But we get upset when our clients don't want to give us money and then have us turn around and purchase. I'll never forget I had, when we first launched our retail range, we had um, a a really specific business that just could not keep up with their demand. And it was really interesting. And so I had a talk with the owner and just said, the people that you are servicing are calling us because they're telling us that you're not ordering enough, that the times in between your ordering, they're frustrated with because you're telling them it's going to be in stock, but then you don't order it. And then they get upset and you've taken their money from what I understand. Yeah. You know, we got behind with the ordering and we really didn't pay attention to it. We didn't really realize that that product was that popular. And so we'll put an order in. And it kind of happened whenever I would get one of their clients to call us. Cause you know, I don't know who they are. And they would say, Oh, my esthetician said that they're supposed to be getting an order in. And it doesn't seem like it's coming in. Can I get it from you? And I'm well, why would you, Why would you get it from us when, oh, they don't have it. It's been weeks. So I literally would pick up the phone and I did this probably three times in a row. I'm a three times max person. So by the third time that I did this, I just kind of said, you know, you have such a great business rapport with your people. um, But this habitual habit you have where they can't walk away with the product, they're getting frustrated with it. They're looking to other businesses to get their needs met. Are you aware of this? Oh, no, we weren't aware. Well, they've called us. We've pushed them back to you to have conversations. I'm pretty sure they're scouring other businesses that are close to you that carry our brand to get the product. Do you really want to lose those clients because you're not able to keep it in stock? Like, Where, where, where is the balance in this for you? She's like, I really didn't think about it that way. Um, And eventually they got it together, right? I say all of that to say that the perception of your clients and the relationship that you build, especially when they're already expecting to spend money with you, you have to make it easy for them. Not only do you have to make it easy for them to spend money with you, you have to make it easy for them to get what they want from you. You got to think of this at a completely different point of view. You, you almost have to get to the level of that customer. If you were coming into your own business, would you be upset if you were expecting to buy something and you couldn't walk away with it? You couldn't take it home that day, but you were begged or pleaded into giving them money and then waiting for another seven days. How would that make you feel? If you've never taken that point of view in your business and you've said these words to your business in your business, to your clients, you got to stop it it's not that's not a great business building plan that's not a great client business building nothing it's It's not a great thing to do and it's not something that you should put as an option in your business. It should never be an option in my opinion. and I do think that it's a detriment when the Business planning and business building did not include retail from the beginning, Um, and there's a lot of ways that you can do retail, and that's what I think the the image or the myth of a lot of beauty business owners who've never, you know, they didn't go work for someone, or they did, but they didn't pay attention, and then when they open their business, they're so focused on getting equipment and their rent that they forget the most important part, which is the retail. Right? I really emphasize understanding that it has to be a part of your plan. You have to invest into it, especially if you're using products and the service and the client, we already know the minute the client says, Oh, that feels good. Or that smells really great. Or what is that? You know, they are already interested to buy, right? So why would you not give them the opportunity to purchase from you because you refuse to invest in retail? So when I have estheticians that come into my store in Dallas and we're having conversations, and I mean, very clear, honest conversations. The first thing I tell them is, here's the thing. I was an esthetician that was in the treatment room for years. So I'm not talking, I'm not, I don't have to sell you anything. What I'm trying to get you to do is understand your business is going to survive or not based on retail, not on service dollars. So if you're heavily focused on your services and you have clients that buy no retail, you're you're not going to be in business for very long. You're going to struggle. So if you kind of give a little bit of attention to your retail range, you'll notice I go full size and sample. That's two options of the same product. So you have an opportunity to introduce them to many, many things, but give them the opportunity to spend the money that they're already expecting to spend with you. Don't cut it off. I had someone come in the other day and she was like, you know, I do vajayshals and I do all these things. Again, I'm not a fan of vajayshals. And so I just said, well, I'm not a fan of vajayshals, but let me ask you a question. Are you charging for this vajayshal? Oh, well, no. Oh. Well, why are you doing it free? Help me understand. And she's like, well, I just, I I don't want to charge too much. And so I do a lot of extra things. And I said, well, you basically are doing things for free that you paid for. So if the client that's coming to you is already expecting to spend money, then why do you feel you need to do it free? Purchasing it wasn't free. Your time is definitely not free. But why, do you, why are you doing that in hopes of growing your clientele when they're already wanting to spend with you? Oh, well, I didn't think about it from that point of view. And I say, here's the thing. I can talk to you about you know hyperpigmentation and correction with that in the intimate areas and underarms. I can talk to you about underarms, uh, ingrowns, and you know, all of that till the cows come home. But those treatments are on top of your services. And for the illuminating, you can't even, I don't do those services unless you have the home care first and you're on it 30 days before we even start talking about treatments. So there's a whole process, but most of the work happens with the client doing it at home. So if you don't have the product available for them to do it at home every single day, and they only see you every month, which is 12 times a year, what do you, where do you think it's going to change and have the correction come from? The home care, no different than skincare. So then why would this be any different? Why would you feel because you did a quote unquote vajacial that that would change the condition of their skin? When a vajacial, technically, I, I hate that word vajacial. I think it's just ridiculous. But what are you trying to do? Are you trying to correct? Are you trying to hydrate? What are you trying to do to the skin that you feel you need to have a vajacial to do it? And when I ask those questions to most people that come to me and talk to me about vijatials, they can't answer that question because they're emulating what they see on social media without no thought of understanding skin, right? So when I talk to them about our ingrown treatment, or I talk to them about our hyperpigmentation treatment, there's a whole process to that. But majority of it is concentrated on the client doing the work every day. And I break it down. They need to hit that skin with those active ingredients every day. They're only going to see you once every 30 days. So what's going to be faster change? 30-day application, 30 times, or one application every 30 days? Oh, okay. So if you understand that, let's take it a step further. If they don't have it available for them to purchase to do the correction, wh- where where is it going to come from? Even if you did, excuse me, a post wax treatment. Where is that going to come from? So let's let's take the point of the client. Client comes to you, wants to do some correction. They've had ingrowns, whatever. They want to have them corrected. You explain that they have to do the home care every day. You give them the formula that I give you. We're going to do this every day. It's going to change. We'll do some befores and afters. But if you talk all that up and then they turn and say, okay, I want to go ahead and start. But then you tell them, oh, well, I'm gonna need you to pay for it and then I'll send it to you in seven days. Uh, no. 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 People don't want that. You don't want that. But you think it's a that's a plan. And you're okay with it. And you even get frustrated when the client says, Well, maybe the next time I have it, you'll, or next time I come and see you, you'll have it. Again, you've lost the money for that day, especially when you're expecting to spend. And now you're Your foundation with them is a little bit shaky because they're not really understanding your business model or they don't really know your business plan. So then it becomes a question of so, what are you really doing? Which is again why I say the reason I am a huge fan of samples is samples is better than absolutely nothing. I'd rather you include the sample into the service price and have them walk away with something than nothing. I'd rather them have something that they take home to do and start then nothing. But if you're not in that mindset and you really just don't understand your clientele, you don't understand how people spend in our industry, you're going to struggle. The spend does not come from the service dollar. The spend and the revenue comes from the retail. And for me, I've always sold retail. Even when I had a job and I worked for someone, retail was always my focus. Retail has always been my focus because I've always understood that clients are coming to expect and they walk in with the expectation to spend. I took off my point of view where I would guess and say, Oh, that client's going to be cheap. She's not spending nothing with me today. And then she'd walk out with $500 a product, right? I got shown many different ways every time I made the assumption that a client wasn't going to spend because I assumed they didn't have any money. Or their attitude was like, oh, I don't want to buy it when it really was. Um, I perfected how I did my, and I don't sell. I've said this for many years. I don't sell. I've always been a conversation person. My facials, I always said the same thing. I would love for you to use everything I'm suggesting, but you don't have to. But when you get home, you're going to wash off all my work. "Ah, Yes. And they'd be like, like, oh, you're so funny. No, I'm serious. Uh, The Neutrogena is not going to do you any good. Do, do you like the way your skin feels? Oh, it feels so good. Oh, okay, I would love for it to feel like that three days from now, seven days from now, 14 days from now. We can do that with this, but your Neutrogena ain't go give it to me or your Oliva ain't go give it to me. Oh, that's exactly how I would talk to people. I wasn't getting into the science of it and uh, you know, it's gonna repair your collagen and get to the derma. They don't care about that. So for me, it's always been conversations, even with post-care after waxing. I would have one client had horrible ingrowns. She always wanted the ingrown mask. And I said, honey, if you're not going to do nothing at home, no, ma'am. And you know, you have some horrible ingrowns. So you've had them for a while. You, do you like them? Well, no. When are you ready to do something about it? I can help you. We can do this together. This can be a team effort. Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, then they're going to be here. They've been here a while. Do you like them? And I would say that again, and she, she always laughed. And I'm like, we can do something about it, but you, you don't want to, because you keep saying no to me. Like really, truly the work happens at home. I promise you, you'll see a huge difference. Finally, when she did, it was like a light bulb that went off. She was so happy. She referred so many people. It just took me to the point where I stopped trying to sell products. I literally would have individual conversations with people and just say, when you're ready for them to go away, you're going to be ready to get this product and do it at home every day. That's it. Like, I don't need to sell you. You know, you have some businesses that will say, oh, if you give them this and you say that this and you can, you know, talk to them about reversing the anti-aging and the, no, clients don't really want to hear that. Hell, I don't want to hear that, right? I want, I have a problem. I'm coming to you for the answer and help. I'm expecting you to give me the help. And with that expectation, I'm expecting to spend. Our problem is, is we don't have the solution right then and there to solve their problem, but we want their money anyway, and then we want to give it to them a few days later. So that whole problem-solving equation changes when it's not there, when they were expecting it to be there. And that's something that I've really been very specific with when I talk to businesses that are wanting to go from seven figures, six figures to seven figures, it's the retail. The services definitely, you're always going to have a certain amount of people you're going to see every day, right? Even if you were open seven days a week, even if you were open 10 hour days, there's still a limit to how many appointments that you're able to give, right? What we don't have limitations on is the retail. So if the clients are already expecting to give your business money with service dollars and retail dollars, then where are you going to make sure you always have available the retail, which is the problem solver? because that is going to solve their problem. So I look at it from a completely different vantage point and I always have because I understand the equation of what exactly I need to do in order to have revenue. I cannot ever solely reply, rely literally on services because that will never ever give me what I want. What I want is is I want to have specifically revenue. So not only do I want to increase my hourly rate, I want to give myself bonuses, I want to give myself um, disbursements. All of those things come from revenue. My salary, which is my hourly rate, comes from my cost per service worksheet. That's that's a given. I'm going to give myself a raise every year. But my disbursements and my bonuses and all of those come from the revenue from retail. And so some people can never get past the cost per service worksheet because they're not even giving themselves that hourly rate that's in that equation. Where I'm talking is I'm talking over and above. So in order for me to get over and above, I, again, take the vantage point of the clients are coming in ready to spend. So when they come in, I'm going to start putting a certain amount that I want to have from every client. In order for me to get that amount, this is what I'm going to have to do. And That's something that businesses that are really, like I said, moving towards that seven figures, they understand that. They understand that there's a limitation on how many clients they're able to see in a day where they have lots of space on and sky's the limit is the retail and that's when you really start understanding your numbers you start looking at the clientele you start looking at your busy months your not busy months you start looking at the cost per average which is the average spend of a client um, all of those things that are in reports that you can actually see fluctuate during certain times of the year that's when you start planning for those gift with purchase so every time someone purchases $100 they get a free gift your $100 is met right Or if they have, if you have a certain treatment that you're offering and they get a free gift with it, but that treatment is going to be at a higher rate because it's going to include the product that's planning ahead. So I would always encourage you to really understand that when you understand your business as a whole, and the clients are already wanting to give your business money. Now it's time for you to plan how they give it to you in that planning. You got to provide every solution that they're going to ask for their retail product, obviously, the rebooking, obviously, maybe you're going to have a special gift when they spend so much like all of that takes planning. It's not just about your services. So many of you guys know I do 30 minutes um, on my podcast. so if you're interested in taking any of my master classes, you can go to stephanielanes.com. You can listen to all of my old podcasts um, after here. However the you're using to listen to here, I have now 10 podcasts total um, and you can listen and re-listen to them at any time. Thank you guys so much and I'll see you next time.